guys, Derek here from Bomb Socks, and welcome to the Bomb Bites podcast. Hey, if you're new to Bomb Bites, it's a service from our company, Bomb Socks, to help be a resource to use. You're studying along with the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hope you enjoy today's episode. So I'm excited this week to get you into the book of James. James is such a phenomenal book. There's enough here where we could spend weeks here, but we're going to spend five days here with James 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. We're going to try to spend a day in each of these chapters, and they are awesome. So I want to give you a little bit of an overview on who James himself is. You go over to Matthew chapter 13, where we're introduced to the family of Jesus Christ, meaning the family of Mary and Joseph. Verse 55, it says, Is not this, meaning Jesus, the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? Mary and his brethren, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas. And it goes in and talks about sisters and so forth and how a lot of them struggled with their belief in their brother, Jesus Christ. So James is a brother of Jesus Christ, meaning he is the son of Mary and Joseph. He was a bishop in Jerusalem. Historians at that time believe that he was killed around 62 AD. So some of the sources from this period, and I love this, they indicate that James prayed so much that his knees were calloused as those of a camel. In fact, they called him old camel knees. What a great nickname, right? He was known to just pray so much for the people there that his knees were just worn down. Now, Bruce R. McConkie in the Doctrinal New Testament Commentary said this, to have a book written by the Lord's brother is akin to having one penned by the master himself. And in this general epistle, meaning to the whole church, we find the son of Joseph, meaning James, often in the language reminiscent of that used by the son of Mary, meaning Jesus, setting forth the practical operation of the doctrines taught by his elder brother brother. We'll talk more about that in a second. James, religious by nature, schooled in the strict Judaism of the day, converted after our Lord's resurrection. So that's good to know that, again, his siblings who maybe had some problems with him on this earth were converted after that. And it's also said that he had died a martyr's death. He took upon himself the awesome responsibility to write an epistle to the saints in the dispensation of the fullness of times. Now, in the Bible dictionary under the epistle of James, it says this, and I think this is such a great statement to help us go throughout this entire week. In the epistle are found some clearly stated items about practical religion. Now, what does it mean to be practical? It means not theoretical, able to be used, applied, and practiced. So as you go through this week, you're going to see so many examples of what it is to have practicable religion, things you can actually do. And you don't have to go too far into this chapter, even James chapter 1, to see one of the most practical ways to be able to express your religion. And it's James chapter 1 verses 5 and 6, probably some of the most iconic verses verses out there. In fact, Bruce R. McConkie said, this single verse, he's referring to James 1.5, this single verse of scripture has had greater impact and a more far-reaching effect upon mankind than any other single sentence ever recorded by any prophet in any age. Now, that is an incredibly bold statement, but it makes absolute sense as you get right into James chapter 1 verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Now, to put that into context, many of us are very, very aware that we are here today because of these two verses of scripture. In Saints, that wonderful volume of church history that we've been reading, it says in chapter one, while attending a sermon, Joseph heard a minister quote from the first chapter of James in the New Testament. If any of you lack wisdom, he said, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. Joseph went home and read the verse in the Bible. He had 
had searched the Bible before as if it held all the answers, but now the Bible was telling him he could go directly to God for personal answers to his questions. Joseph decided to pray. He had never prayed out loud before. So again, this is something that invited Joseph to act, but he trusted the Bible's promise. Ask in faith, nothing wavering, it taught. And I love this statement. God would hear his questions even if they came out awkwardly. I mean, how many of us have taken the time to pray and our words just come out so awkwardly and the Lord is like, I understand exactly what you are asking. I heard someone say one time that God speaks fluent you, meaning he understands your heart, he understands your words, and what comes out very awkwardly, he perfectly understands. But we need to ask in faith, nothing wavering. In fact, if you go back to that James 1, 5, and 6, One of the cool things, and you know how much I love the New Living Translation, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. I've always believed that God is not only omnipotent, He is omniscient, but he is also omnigenerous. And I know that's not a word. We created that one, but he is all generous. And with our awkward prayers, he is able to give to us the wisdom that we need. A couple questions I want to throw at you, and you can use these in classes. You can use this in your own personal study. What is the difference between asking Heavenly Father to solve your problems versus asking for wisdom? I love how that's what James invites us to do. Why is the phrase nothing wavering so important here? And you think about Joseph Smith. Did Joseph have any chance? chances to waver at any time. What would happen? And this one hits home. What would happen if Joseph read the scriptures like most of us read them, right? Would he ever have made it to the sacred grove? But these verses invited him to act. Now, what's cool about that is this is an opportunity that you could take on your own to be able to go back to the Joseph Smith history and read through that, understanding the context of James 1, 5, and 6 and what it plays into the first vision and how you and I are here because of those two verses. Again, that's just two examples. If you were to scroll through James chapter 1, so many examples of practical religion. In fact, one of my favorite blocks here is verses 19 to 22. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Boy, if we all followed that, what a blessing that would be. We can talk more about that later this week. Verse 20, for the wrath of man worketh not righteousness of God. Verse 21 has got one of my favorite phrases in scripture. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. When's the last time you've used that phrase, right? And receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. So this word of God, which is engrafted or planted within you, it has the ability to be able to save your souls once it is engrafted and a part of you. I would submit to you that's exactly what Joseph Smith did with the scriptures, is he took James 1, 5, and 6 and he engrafted it into his heart and it had the ability to be able to save his soul and not only his soul, but ours, which leads to verse 22, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So like I said, this whole book of James James invites us to act, it invites us to do, and invites us to practice our religion. So as we go throughout this week, you're going to see so many examples of that. I love the book of James, and I love who he is, and I'm grateful for his message, and I know that they are true. If you'd like to check out our video that goes with today's podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook by simply searching Bomb Socks. That's B-O-M-S-O-C-K-S. And be sure to check out our amazingly comfortable gospel-themed socks at bombsocks.com. Thanks for listening, and hope you'll join us again for more episodes of Bomb Bites. Godspeed, and have a great day.